You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com. You can get it early every Tuesday morning on patreon.com slash Thunderquack, or you can wait and get it late uh, every Friday on podcast services across the galaxy. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. Uh, and I, I, yeah, it's, we're, we're back with like another kind of, uh, aimless, uh, conversational <laughs> episode. Uh, I, we do, I do have a couple of topics specifically for this week, but, uh, but we're just, this is just kind of a chit chat. It's just kind, kind of a chit chat episode. But- but there's now I am feeling and I don't know about about you. Maybe it's just me, but I am feeling there is a little uptick in like entertainment type things to talk about now. Like there was a little bit of a lull for a while where there was like nothing sure. really to get excited about. Nothing. But I feel like there's now. Well, uh, now the conversation for around. a while was just this <laughs> is delayed. This is yeah. delayed. This isn't happening. Yeah. Actually, good news today. I uh, uh, two games from uh, first party uh, studios for PlayStation. Well, I guess Naughty Dog's not first party, but uh, first and second party games for PlayStation Four uh, that were delayed indefinitely got release dates today. So, oh yay! That's um, exciting. Yeah, so so that's really cool because what that indicates that that you know they people are seeing a, uh, an end to this at some point. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like it is, it is generally positive out there. The, the, we're entering the, the flat part of the curve in a lot of, in a lot of areas. Um, yay, New Zealand go New Zealand. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Well, New Zealand has eliminated it. That's, yeah, yeah that's awesome. That's even better. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see how much longer this goes on. But- I think we got another month of it at least, but. Well, and but also, though, I feel like new things are going to happen because, okay, let, I won't talk about the, let's not talk about coronavirus. Let's talk about something. Let's talk yeah, about yeah, entertainment yeah. first. And then we can, talk, then we can do, derail as we go. But um, actually, one of the positive things, I've been st- I've been watching a lot of Parks and Rec. I don't know if I talked about this last time we podcast, but I finally, like, my friends have all been saying, watch Parks and Rec, watch Parks and Rec. And I knew that I would love it. the show's only been off the air for, like, I know, three or four years. I know, I know. I knew that I would love it. And so finally I'm catching up. But there's a new Parks and Rec episode coming out this week. And yeah. I'm so excited but also i can't watch it because i haven't finished the series yet so but it'll Where be like a nice you? little treat um i'm in season four hmm. so but it's um it's there's a weird there's something weird going on with ann and tom and i don't like it so it's it's making me watch it less often but <laughs> just power ben is, through just ben power is through. the best ben is the absolute best and i love him so much so it's all it's all it's all good oh i'm powering through but anyways i just wanted to say if people are if people liked parson rec uh, you can check out the new Parks and Rec thing. Ooh, and um, on the new Peacock series, on on like Peacock, the like yeah, the the new streaming series, the a trailer got released for a show that my studio is doing, which is really cool. Um, so people should check out Madagascar, Into the Wild, In the Wild, 
something something there's a sub there's a subtitle of some kind but it's like pretty cool to like finally talk about stuff that my studio is doing so cool. but you know I'm, I'm kind of excited for peacock.com i don't know there's like people are like moving there's there's still more things coming down the pipe and interesting entertainment based things yeah peacock peacock actually released a whole bunch of trailers one of them was saved by the bell have you seen it no, I haven't seen the trailer, but I've been hearing about the stuff for Saved by the Bell for it sure. It looks questionable. Yeah, I, I, I mm, yeah. Here's I my know. thing. Here's my thing. And this was the same thing when, when Boy Meets World got its sequel series. Um, and I understand that people want to modernize some of these things and, and you know, bring them into into the the, you know, sort of the genres that we have now. But... Saved by the Bell is not real, <laughs> right? Like, even as a kid, I knew that Saved by the Bell was not real. That it was, like, that they were in a pretend school and that this is not what real life was like. And this new, the new show is, like, trying to make it seem like Saved by the Bell is real. And I don't like that. Um, but then on top of that, it's like, well, Mark Paul Gossler is not going to come back. He's, he, he will be in like an episode. Right. But, uh, but he's not like, Zach is not going to be the main character. It, but and, isn't, um, yeah. And, and, I I Tiffany Thiessen not going to come back. I don't think, <laughs> I don't, I think we'll be lucky if we see her in one episode. Um, so who do you get? Well, you can't have Dustin Diamond because he's gone uh, off the deep end, and uh, and and I think he might be incarcerated. I think we've talked about that before. Uh, I think he's in jail right now. Um, oh, and, yeah, uh, I remember. I remember that. Uh, Lark Voorhees. Uh, no one even knows who that is. Uh, that was Lisa. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. She's like disappeared off the face of the earth, as far as I know. Um, so that leaves you with. Mario Lopez and um, and I uh, 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 Elizabeth Berkeley, uh, AC Slater and Jesse Spano, respectively. Uh, and so the trailer is basically them, and then one of the new kids on the show in the high school is Zach and Kelly's son. Um, but doesn't that mean that they that Zach and Kelly have to be on the show? Uh, well, eventually, it means that Zach will eventually be on the show. We know that that he's going to be in an episode at least. Right. But I don't okay. know that Tiffany Thiessen is is signed on for it. Um, out of anybody, like she made it out of that alive. Everybody else kind of had had varying degrees of success. Um, yeah. And Mario Lopez hasn't been on a scripted show in, I would say, decades. Uh, right. that I know of. He's just been hosting Entertainment Tonight poorly. Um, and he also said some incredibly transphobic things uh, about a year ago that he oh. kind of half-heartedly apologized because Entertainment Tonight made him do it. Um, and so I really don't want to support a scumbag like that. Um, and then to add to that vibe... He's really scummy in the trailer. Like there's a scene at the end of the trailer where he's got Zach's son and 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 his best friend in in like the principal building's office type of set. And he's like, hey, guys, like, look, here's the thing. I used to be exactly like you guys. I had a best friend 
and we were always fighting over girls. And he goes, actually, that was your dad. Right. And we were oh, always yeah, trying no, to get with the same, hook up with the same girl. And he goes, well, come to think of it, that's your mom. And it's like, you shouldn't be. He's a teacher. Right. He's a, he's a PE right. teacher at Bayside uh-huh. now. And I'm like, in 2020, you can't have an adult teacher talking to children this way on television especially when that guy is doing it in a super skeezy way because his performance is like super sketch and gross and and then you have a narrative out there that like yeah he's he's he made some super transphobic remarks and um is a is a right-wing supporter and like you know like not not nice things yeah so i i i i'm bummed i'm bummed about saved by the bell uh, I I mean I never was excited. I Saved by the Bell is not. By the way, I'm pouring tea. If you can hear me, like pouring tea, I like. I'm really stoked that I like have my sweet, uh, much ado about nothing mug that I'm drinking out of my peach tea. But um, I never really was a Saved by the Bell like fan. Yeah. I was a Breaker High and Student Bodies fan. So the moment that NBC decides to bring YTV shows <laughs> to reboot, I'll oh be my happy. god! If <laughs> look. Breaker high is not going to happen because there's one very important person that you need for a breaker high I mean, uh, yeah. uh, uh, reunion show that you or 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 reboot or whatever that you'll mm-hmm. never in a million years get because he is one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, <laughs> um, and that's Ryan Gosling. But uh, uh, yes, Breaker High was fantastic. But you're right. The greatest. I'm implying that that what you're saying is in agreement with what I'm saying. The greatest of all of these high school sitcom dramas was Student Bodies. Oh yeah. Uh, by a long shot. Like like Saved by the Bell is great. Breaker High is great. Uh, even I uh, uh, what uh, Sweet Valley High was fine. Oh yeah, I love Sweet Valley fine. High. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are better, but yeah. but but let's be real. Student Bodies. Uh, student bodies went there man like without without prompting like nobody was asking it to and it was like hey uh season two yeah we're gonna talk about sex in a very real very mature way um and uh and it was awesome man student bodies is so good uh and if you've never watched student bodies and it's it was on tv in america so that like it actually has a really big cult following but if you've never seen it Man. Yeah, you should you should like do get do yourself a favor. Where I remember it too around the same, the same time. Stream, same time as, yeah, where can I it. buy toilet paper? No, Google. That's not <laughs> what I'm looking for. Where can you I know, stream? Very different. Student bodies. Oh, I love it so much. Uh, That's the only part of the theme song I remember. Yeah. Hey, the only the also, only thing better than Student Degrassi, Bodies but is. I didn't watch Degrassi. Sorry, the only thing better than Student Bodies is Boy Meets World. Okay. That's. I mean, I'll I'll give that to you, but I put that in a different. See, in my brain, Boy Meets World is about a, a, like I get that they were in high school, like they grew up and got into high school. But in my brain, like Boy Meets World was like a younger demo, and then it grew into an. They older started demo. at middle school age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I never watched Degrassi High, but I feel like that's what everybody remembers Canada for is Degrassi. But I don't. I just want to say that I think that that's a misnomer. I don't think that if you ask the average Canadian what the most famous like teen drama is of our childhood, it would be Degrassi. It was definitely. Either Student Bodies or Breaker High or like... Student Bodies is also the title yeah. of a horror film. Oh, good to know. It's uh, not the horror film. Don't... Yeah, it's not the Ooh, horror Oh, Ghost Rider was really good too. Remember mm, Ghost Rider? No, it wasn't. No. Hey, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it, no. No? Okay, no. fine. Ghost Rider was a show. 
on PBS. <laughs> okay. It was not good. It was fine. Um, yeah. Did you find out where to stream student bodies yet? I'm trying to, like, I, I, it's difficult because now I'm having to uh, disambiguate from a, a bad movie. Right. Um, student fair. bodies TV show. Ooh. Let's see. Uh, uh, student bodies. Nope. That's the, nope, nope. No. I would I would help you look, but my uh, phone is like only has twelve percent battery left, which never happens. Oh, because my power went out in the middle of the freaking day, so I had to like use my data to like finish my work. It was very it's been a very interesting stay here. I the the power's gone out maybe like three times in the last decade that I've been yeah. living in Vancouver, and I come to Penticton. I've been here for three weeks, and the power's gone out twice. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, how is this a thing? <laughs> So anyways, um, student bodies is not available to stream anyway, which is a real bummer. You can probably buy it. I'm going to check on Google play. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I speaking of awesome, timeless, uh, television shows, I want to talk about community. Ooh, good segue. I, it's only a good segue if you don't call out don't that it's a I good know, segue, I know. Amanda. I'm sorry, you I know you do that do every that time. Drive me. Nuts. I did it. I did it though. You didn't do it. Yeah, but you are also a host of the show. You also <laughs> have a responsibility to not ruin my good segue. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, man, okay, it's not on. It's not. Uh, you know what this probably is? It's probably it was probably produced and owned by a company that no longer exists, which is what happens with this stuff. And yeah, but it would still belong to somebody. Somebody would have bought it. Uh, well, not always. Sometimes the rights just get lost. They just disappear. Um, and with something like student bodies, that's entirely possible. Uh, yeah, man, nothing. Zip, nada, can't get it on anything. But I'm sure that you there could. There 65 episodes. Holy nice. Three seasons, yeah. Okay. Uh, Oh man, I love this! I forgot what all these people looked like. It's so good, student bodies is so good because by season three it gets like, it's just it each each season it almost becomes a different show. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. I but yeah, I want to talk about community. I community is I I've talked about it a bunch on the podcast, but it is it is absolutely without a doubt my favorite uh, sitcom uh, half hour show of all time like there's not even a comparison like look uh friends how i met your mother seinfeld they're all great as well Mm -hmm. but community takes everything that those shows have done well and uh deconstructs and uh and just blows it apart as well as movies and just pop culture in general it's uh it's uh it's it's a postmodern sitcom right it's uh it, it, it breaks the fourth wall by acknowledging the genre that it is um, and uh, and then kind of spewing it back at you. Um, and uh, and it's on Netflix now. So I've been going back through it. Although before it came to Netflix, when when quarantine started, mm-hmm. I, I started watching it on um, Amazon Prime because that's what it, it was available on Amazon Prime in Canada. Uh, and uh, I made it all the way through the season right before it came to Netflix. So I just recently watched through the whole season and then I, I, and then here it is in an even easier format because Netflix is a good app and the Amazon prime app is spotty at times, I would say. Um, 
it's not it's not as good as Netflix. I so I've been going back through it again. Um, although I did, I did skip over season four. We'll just pretend Ooh. like season four didn't happen. But um, you know the whole story, right? About season four. Mm, uh, that Dan Harmon and something, and they were like they took the show away from him. But then he got he got, got really fired. bad. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah. Fired. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so season four is different showrunners. Um, and, uh, it's fine. Like, it's not bad, but it's not, it's not genius. Right. Whereas the other seasons, season one, two, and three are genius. Season four is fine. Season five is great. And season six is, uh, it's, it's so difficult because season six is when it went to Yahoo uh, oh. uh, NBC didn't renew it, so Yahoo picked it up for the final oh, sixth season. Weird. Um, and it is odd. Uh, it's it, and odd not in the sense that it's like like the whole show is weird, but it's odd in the sense that it is like it's the odd man out. Um, and the worst part of it is that they knew it was going to be the last season. They 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 decided you know going into it we'll do one more. Um, and, I unfortunately, because it was on Yahoo and they didn't have the budget, like they couldn't get Donald Glover to come back for it. He oh. just, cause he was off doing a million other things. He was being right. in a Spider-Man movie. He was, uh, doing, making Atlanta. He was, uh, you know, Childish Gambino yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. was blowing up. Um, and, uh, yeah, but it's so great. Cause in season five, he's, he's in the first six episodes of season five and they have a great, the first episode back is, is called repilot. And it's when Dan Harmon comes back. And, and so they go like every, everybody finished their four years of school, right. right. Which, and right. then they made a big deal about the fact that it's like, oh, well, most community colleges are only two years. And there's like a whole <laughs> thing about like, yeah, people keep saying that, but there are a lot of four year programs. Most people spend uh, on average seven years in community college. Like it's like a whole thing, but uh, they, they repilot and, uh, and Abed is like, I uh, no, this is great. This is perfect because like Jeff can come back as a teacher. It'll be just like, it'll just be like season nine of scrubs. Um, and for those who don't know in season nine of scrubs, they tried to basically uh, turn it into a new show. Um, oh right, yeah, yeah. and Zach Braff is only in the first six episodes, but he does like the opening narration. And he is like the opening and closing of every episode, like he did previously. Um, of like, you know, this is the lesson that we learned this week. Um, right. But it's a whole new cast, and nobody liked it. And then, and then Scrubs got canceled. I, uh, but they do that. I, uh, uh, and there's like Abed brings it up earlier of like, oh, we could totally repilot, just like. Uh, just like Scrubs did in season nine. And then towards the end of the episode there, they make the joke of, of like, yeah, well, Zach Braff is only in the first six episodes and Donald Glover, like basically turns to him, but almost to the camera and goes, are you serious? Like after everything that show did for him. And then, then the episode just cuts because they knew going into that season that Donald Glover was leaving after like the first five or six episodes. Right. So they like just acknowledge it right there. And that's, that's the genius of community. Uh, it's a, uh, it, 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 it's self-referential, but not in like a, in like a, I don't know, tacky way. Like it's always, 
Um, it's not it's not necessarily self-deprecating, which I think would be most people's uh, go to in something like that. Right. You kind of have to be most of the time when you're when you're being self-referential. But it's a uh, it, it, it almost like it, it can be self-deprecating, but in a way where it celebrates itself, like where they go like, Oh, we're not going to do a paintball episode this season sort of thing. Um, it's like, yeah, we've done that twice to, if we did it again, it would just, how, how, how can we possibly raise the stakes anymore with another paintball Mm -hmm. episode? Um, so stuff like that, where it's like it, it, because of the character of Abed, you can acknowledge that it's a TV show without it actually acknowledging that it's a TV show. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what? How? That's everybody knows how I feel about the show. How do you feel about Community? I mean, I did not watch that last season that you're talking about. So yeah. I, I actually feel like maybe I could go in and rewatch it. But I do remember watching it when it was. Cause I, I remember being sad that it was getting canceled and then it not getting canceled and being like glad and then having more to watch, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and so like the stop motion episode is so cool. Like that was just something that I was like, Hey, look at what this show is doing. Like it just, it just, it just tends to do some pretty awesome things. Um, and so I, I mean, I, I enjoy it for that. Um, it, it, could be a bit much like what you're talking about where I'm like oh I can imagine that that would have been some people's jam that it becomes like so referential (laughs) but other people like not not so much but I don't know I I highly recommend that people watch community if you haven't seen it I think that it's like if you like the first few episodes you'll like like that's sort of the it Joe McHale is not necessarily my cup of tea like he's (laughs) all right but he is uh he is an acquired taste I feel yeah so that's fair um, um, he is my cup of tea. His character, Jeff Winger, is like the, um, the intentionally the distillation of every kind of uh, uh, sitcom pro- protagonist that that I love. Right, like he's he's the he's kind of the amalgamation of all of them. But then uh, it acknowledges the reality of like that's not a person that anybody would like. Right. Right. It's I always go to I I, I'll make a joke um, like I'll 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 hit somebody with a zinger and uh, and then they'll get mad at me and I'll be like, look, if if Chandler said that to somebody, you would laugh. (laughs) Right. And that's always kind of my go to is that like we watch it. We watch Friends and everybody loves all of these characters and Chandler is the greatest. Um, uh, He's hilarious and super funny. Uh, and very witty, but it's like, actually, no, he's really mean to everybody all of the time. Uh, like people will just say like, I'm really excited about a thing. And he'll be like, yeah, that's dumb that you're excited about that. But he says it, he says it in a snappy witty way. Right. And Matthew Perry is so likable that you just go with it. Right. And, uh, and, and Jeff's character on community is very much that character, but everybody goes like, no one likes it when you do that. (laughs) like like stop you're just being mean um and uh and and it's great because he does over the course of the series have an arc um he grows the characters all grow and and become uh, uh different people by the end of it but they do retain the core of why we like them from the first season right so it's uh it yeah i just think it's such a masterfully like skillfully 
uh, put together show. And then on top of that, uh, it's uh, not created solely by Dan Harmon. The other two uh, uh, creatives that, that were behind it were Joe and Anthony Russo, who now everybody knows who they are because they directed uh, Winter Soldier, Civil War, right. uh, uh, Infinity War, and Endgame, right? Like, they became the 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 directors who pulled that off um and uh, uh they're actually in those four um uh marvel movies there are community alumni who make cameo appearances in in, in all four of those movies so uh yeah it's it's i uh, i've said it for a long time the reason why the mcu is as successful as it has been is because at a certain point in, in um, phase two, they pivoted away from, from film directors over towards like bringing in more um, TV directors because they needed people who were comfortable with the idea of there's an established style. This is, we have a way of doing things and you can definitely like tweak it a little bit left of center or a little bit right of center, but you always have to be within sort of shooting distance of center. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that's what TV directors do, right? They, they yeah. come in and they, they don't necessarily, um, I, you know, do their episode. It's like Kevin Smith does a lot of the CW superhero stuff. Now he'll come in and do episodes and yeah, his episodes tend to be a little bit snappier and a little bit more with like the wordplay and that sort of thing because he's Kevin Smith. But it's not as if he comes in and makes a Kevin Smith movie episode of yeah. The Flash, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So even a even a director who is as as much an auteur and a, as stylized as Kevin Smith, um, when he does TV, it's like yeah, no, you're doing an episode of this established show, and it's really like the crew really does the majority of the work anyways and maintains the, the, the style and everything. Right. Um, so I, I actually really, I want to speak to this cause I really love this because I, you know, I'm a TV junkie, right? Like mm-hmm. I love, I love, I get like, I nerd out about it, about like how it functions and like, and being a producer's medium and like a writer's medium. I mean, it's a, people call it a writer's medium, but I think it's a producer's medium, but because I'm biased because I'm a producer. Um, but something like a really good example of this is actually Criminal Minds. Um, when I don't know if people watch Criminal Minds, but Matthew Gray Goobler is great and I love him and he's one of the like main stars there, but he like, was an aspiring director and they gave him very specific episodes to direct that spoke very much to his dark, like he has this sort of like really sort of like dark sort of haunted, like he really loves Halloween and is kind of weird and it's just like great. But his episodes are like very much like there was this one that was like with dolls and it was really, and so he, it it still was the show like he knew the show because he'd been on it for mm-hmm. years but then he was able to do his own thing and i really like it when sometimes they can choose directors like i or writers like i talk about it all the time but my favorite episode of doctor who is the doctor's wife and that is very much a neil gaiman episode of of doctor who where yeah. they just gave neil gaiman he got to work with the characters and the greatest thing about that is that there's like some intense like plot based things that happen, but they fit really seamlessly into the story. Like they were able to find the through line of the overall like narrative that they needed to happen throughout the season. And mm-hmm. they put a few of that 
like pieces of that into the, sh- the show that is very distinctly a Neil Gaiman episode. So sometimes I really like it when when showrunners can find ways. And we talk about this all the time, too, that they gave on Quiver, like they gave Jam- James Bamford specific episodes when he was starting out. Right. Yeah. Where they were like, you are the stunt coordinator and or a supervisor or whatever, like this head stunt guy. And. They, he's not a stunt, but anyways, you know what I mean. And they were like, they gave him episodes that would showcase his abilities like the best that they could as an order in order to like prime him and give him more skills yeah. and, and develop him as a director. And I think that that's really smart when you understand who you're bringing onto the project for what purpose. Um, I just, I just really like nerd out about that. So I think that that's, that's pretty cool. And there's, anyways, you can go back to talking about community. Well, I, I think, no, but I think that what you're talking about is totally relevant because the reason why the Russos end up getting to direct winter soldier is because as TV directors, they understand like what I said, the, the importance of maintaining the style and, and consistency. Mm-hmm. But within that, they still managed to make the paintball episode. Right. Right. They still yeah. managed to do my dinner with Abed, which has a pulp, fiction reference but is also my dinner with andre right like the one of the brilliant things about community is that it's a it is a bit of a chameleon but it's never unrecognizable right right even when the show goes on it's like crazy zany adventures and does a stop motion christmas special it's still community and and i think that that uh kevin feige was able to look at them and go these guys can literally do anything um, and make it work. And, and then I think that we saw that because they took, they took the superhero genre with winter soldier and they, they turned cap's story into a spy thriller. Right. Right. And then they followed that up with civil war, which was an undercover Avengers movie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like they, they managed to make a movie that was about captain America but that involves all of the Avengers and has a very important arc for Robert Downey Jr. But even though, even though that's in there, it never pulls focus from the, the, the titular lead, right? Like it, it like, that's incredible. When you really think about civil war, what that movie is, what it does, um, because then on top of all of that, it introduces Spider-Man to the MCU. Oh, right. Right. And I think that people forget that a lot. Like they know it, but they don't think about the fact that, yeah, Spider-Man's first appearance is in a showdown between one side of the Avengers and the other side of the Avengers in a Captain America movie. That's really about him and Bucky. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like that, that is so incredible because that's such a balancing act. Um, and then obviously with Infinity War and Endgame being full-fledged Avengers movies, they they um, they they pull those off expertly. And I think that you see that progression and how Kevin Feige like gives them a chance, and then gives them another chance. Like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna amp this up a little bit, and then says, okay, you guys are doing the the crescendo of this whole thing. Right. Like like this is when everything that we've been building comes to a to a climax and hands it to the Russo brothers to 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 bring that home. And they nail it. I mean, 
Look, uh, two big movies came out in 2019 that were the culmination of of uh, uh, very large uh, monolithic franchises. And uh, Endgame was poised to be great, but Rise of Skywalker should have been... You know, it's the end of 40 years of storytelling. It's Star Wars. All of this stuff is modeled after that that um, template, right? The hero's yeah, journey yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that George Lucas brought to really to cinema in, in the way that we understand it now. Um, Rise of Skywalker should have been the best movie last year, but... I might get flack from a couple of people on this. It pales in comparison to Endgame. Endgame is a masterclass in blockbuster storytelling. Because, yes, it's the big tentpole movie that it's supposed to be. But the only reason that it works is because we love those characters so much. I mean, yeah, because the movie itself is actually pretty. (laughs) Like, I don't know. If you go to see that movie without knowing what's going on, it's really useless. Uh, Yeah, I think that if you didn't have an emotional attachment to at least five of the characters in it, you would sit through that movie and go, so, right? But but if you do, even if you have an emotional attachment to one of the many franchises within the MCU, so let's say uh, Ant-Man is the only one that you actually care about. Everything else sucks, but Ant-Man is what you're all about. Like, you love those movies. Um, You get two really great moments in that movie. I mean, you get a bunch of great moments with, with Scott Lang, but you get two really great moments as a fan of Ant-Man um, right. when he shows up and it turns out like, Oh, it's actually Scott Lang is actually the, the, the keystone in this plot, like without right. yeah. him uh, coming to, to them and saying like, Hey, this, this is, I think that we could build a time machine. Then Endgame doesn't happen. And then at the end of the movie, you get in the portal scene, you get Wasp coming back and Ant-Man and Wasp trying to like attempting to save the day. Right. Um, With the with the van. Right. Like it's Mm -hmm. if so, even if you're just a fan and then Ant-Man's throughout the entire movie. Right. So it like that is like that's kind of I think the key to its success is that there is something in there for everybody. And if you're just a Thor fan because you like Chris Hemsworth and you don't really care about the stories in those movies, but you just like Chris Hemsworth, it's subversive, but even though he's fat Thor, he's still Thor and he's still Chris Hemsworth. He's so great. And he actually kind of makes you go like, it doesn't really matter if he's got abs. I still love him. Right. Like that's not Mm -hmm. why I'm here. Even though I think that for a lot of people, like that's a draw, like that's a definite mm-hmm. draw. I can remember when I got my screener tickets to Thor a million years ago and I said like, who am I going to take to this? And I, I took you, right? Oh, Be- yeah. Cause I was like, well, Amanda, it's like Shakespeare first of yeah, all. And because of Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Chris Hemsworth is going to take his shirt off. So I know yeah. she's going to enjoy this. If I'm going to take anybody, I'm going to take Amanda. Um, <laughs> totally. I remember that. Actually. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and so like, yeah, like that's, there's a, there's a gateway into the Avengers for everybody. How do oh, we yeah. end up on this? I know how we got <laughs> here, but like, <laughs> Um, but like this the has been but fun, Mike, we're back. There's stuff to talk about. But I the Russos it. are 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 so integral to that game plan, right? Because yeah. yeah. they come in and they 
they manage to weave all of those characters together. And then they do on top of all of that. I was actually watching Endgame today, so it's part of it. But on top of all of that, it's laid over the plot to Back to the Future 2 while simultaneously taking a dig at Back to the Future 2. And that's it is one of my absolute favorite elements of it is that like you've got the scene where uh uh Rhodey and and uh Ant-Man walk in and they're like yeah no like this is how time travel works and Hulk and and I uh, and um um I oh my god Nebula <laughs> I'm having such a hard time with names today I this is not an isolated incident um they're like, uh, no, that's not how time travel works. And then they lay it out. And it's like, it's like, why would you think that that's how time travel works? And they list off everything. And it's all of these movies. And they're all basically like the back to the future rules. Um, and, uh, and they're like, no, that's, that's, that's dumb. And, and there's a moment where Tony Stark says to him, was like, are you seriously like you're, you're putting all of like your whole plan is based on the plot of Back to the Future. Uh, and and Scott's like, no, of course not. He's like, good, because for a second there, I thought you were crazy. Uh, and it's like, it, that is very obviously, you know, because uh, he says, like, it's fine. We just have to make sure that we don't interact with ourselves. And yeah. it's like, no, that's actually not, that's actually not part of it. Because um, then later on, we see that, like, Cap, fights cap it's fast uh, oh i love it so much you know, uh, that's america's ass uh yeah it, but it it at the same time that it that it takes that dig at back to the future um it's so reverential uh, to it because the whole concept in film of let's do a time travel story where we go back and we see the scenes that we saw from that movie, but we get to see the five minutes before it or the five minutes after it, or oh, we get yeah, to see so it cool. from a different perspective. So cool. And yeah, it's yeah. All, like, I always go back to it's, it's Marty McFly climbing in the, in the light rigging over top of Marty McFly performing in front of the high school, right oh. at the, at the under the sea dance. Uh, Wait, I have seen that movie. Oh my god, Amanda! We talked was, about this last week. You're the I worst. do remember that. You're the no, worst. I'm the best because I've seen it. Except that you don't know if you've seen Back to the Future or not, and that's but then just when you awful. describe it, I get it. Um, and you say that you're a time travel fan, and it's like that's the time travel movie. You series, know, but, but sometimes but, it's so it's so obvious that I have to just be. Uh, that's dumb. <laughs> that's a dumb hipster thing to do and say. I know, and I know it is. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. Uh, uh, you're the worst. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's like that concept comes from back to the future too. And it, it, when we're talking about cinema, right. Uh, it comes from back to the future too. And it's so, uh, it's so clearly on display in, in Endgame from like the, the entire thing in New York of, of, we learn that way over on uh, on Bleecker Street, the the ancient one is fighting aliens with a fan, and we're like, right, okay, yeah, cool, that's awesome. Didn't I know that it. was happening during Avengers. I now it. I think about that. But when of I course, watch that movie. But it's like, of course, of course, that is happening. And then all of the stuff that happens between defeating Loki uh, and shutting down the the army and um, 
and then and then the scene where where Thor takes Loki and the and the Tesseract back to Asgard um it's like all of that stuff that fills in the gap there um of them being like you can't take that you can't take you can't take him he needs to stand trial and it's like well you can't do it you know and then the hulk aspect of it and everything but then even uh with um the the guardians of the galaxy part of it where they're they're getting the power stone from morag and we get the alternate shot of star lord singing and it's like in the context of guardians of the galaxy it's such a great moment because this introduction to the character we learned everything that we need to know about him from this scene of him singing along to this cassette um and then we see it from the other perspective and he's screaming into this rat's face and he's off tune and like it's 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 so 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 well done um (laughs) but that's all back to the future reference and five minutes earlier we were saying back to the future is dumb um but we were saying it in a way to say like back to the future is dumb in the best way possible i love that movie um so yeah endgame is so good and Rise of Skywalker is so disappointing, as we talked about last week, for a lot of reasons. Rise of Skywalker is still a very good movie. It's just... It ain't no Endgame. Yeah, it's not Endgame. And and I think it it's, it's kind of almost tragic that those movies came out so close to each other. And it's just just the way that things worked out. But uh, I, I, it, 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 that comparison is always going to be there because they both try and do so many of the same things and we talked about it with the with the um there are more of us versus on your left and it's like which one of those is is going to go down in cinematic history as one of the greatest moments in film right it's is there are more of us no in five years no one's going to talk about that moment no one's going to talk about Palpatine shooting really loud lightning into the sky at all of the ships. No one's going to talk about Ray crossing two lightsabers together and, and melting his face. It's just like Star Wars fans will still care, but the general public. Not the general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It won't care. be like as much of a zeitgeist as. Well, like but that. A honestly... show like Community in five or 10 years is going to have an on your left moment and everybody's going to be like, yeah, that's awesome. I remember where I was when I saw that. Right. right. Like it's uh, yeah, it's it's there's no better way for me to describe the difference than that. No, oh, I like it. I uh, feel like the it was the one year anniversary or something of Endgame. It was yesterday. Yeah. And and um and they did they somebody posted that cat moment. And it's just my absolute favorite with with Mjolnir. And it just is like, and it's like the audience reaction thing. Well, and it's like, that is just such a beautiful like. It, they, from the epic. moment, from the moment that they, they that Hulk snaps to the end of that movie. It's mm-hmm. just one thing after another. Cause it's like yeah. right before uh, Hulk snaps, the, the, the uh, Thanos's ship comes through the thing and you're like, right. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. Ooh, uh, yeah. And then he snaps and then they blow up the Avengers compound and you're like, what? I can't believe it. And then I, uh, I, the, 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 the fight kind of starts and it starts with Thor transforming into Thor. And you're like, and he looks more badass than he's ever looked, despite the fact that he's not ripped. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, and then you get the fight of the three of them that echoes the fight from 
uh, oh yeah, from, from the oh, from the first yeah. Avengers, but instead yeah. of them fighting each other, they use all of the same moves, but they're working as a team this time. Oh, right? I didn't even I didn't even like yeah. Oh man, okay, I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna go watch like that part of Endgame when we're done. Well, like, look, uh, what this is clearly indicating is that we did our our watch along for Rise of Skywalker. The next one we're doing is Endgame. Oh. <laughs> Um, it's such a long movie, dude. It's so good, though. It'll it'll it won't feel like it. It'll breeze by. We do it in two parts. Let's do it. In we can do it in two parts. Uh, <laughs> uh, we could even do it in three parts because it's very cleanly broken into three into three acts. Yeah, that's true. Um, I but yeah, and then uh, like because Mjolnir is in there, and then I uh, everybody has an awesome moment in that fight, but then one by one they get taken down until it's just Cap standing, and and like I said last week. Uh, that moment where he stands up and he straps that thing on and he says earlier in the movie he says to himself I could do this all day and he goes yeah 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 I know and like kind of like yeah kind of like like old shakes his head at it yeah he's like all that young kid that just yeah but then later in the movie has the moment where he says without saying to Thanos, I could do this all day. Like you, yeah. you're going to have to kill me because that's the only thing that's going to stop me. Yeah. Um, and even well, even Captain America despite so the odds and the fact that he's going to lose that fight, he still gets up and he yeah. pulls that strap because he's going to fight until the bitter end. And yeah. that's the perfect, the lowest moment for your heroes. That's when you have Sam say on your left and Falcon comes out and then black panther and then everybody and it's just it's one of the best moments in movies it's so good i agree it's so good because i get tingly's just talking about it um it's so good good. i let's take a quick break for some ads uh and then we'll be back to talk about uh actually have an email we're gonna get into an email Awesome. So you either just listen to ads or you're a Patreon supporter and you didn't have to listen to ads because you you go over to patreon.com slash thunderquack and you support us over there. Uh, what is it? It's the $5 level, I think, that gets the ad free. Uh, for a dollar, you get it. You get it early on Tuesday. Uh, for $5, you get it early and ad free. And for $10, you get it early, ad free and uncut where you get the extra. I think in this one, it's about 15 minutes. Um what? I feel like it was at least 20. Was it? Maybe it was 20. Uh, I, and uh, if you are above and beyond and one of the greatest people on the planet, then you support us at the $20 level. Uh, and you're a Patreon producer like Brian Murowski and uh, Jason Samuel. Uh, so thank you to everybody who does support us over at patreon.com slash thunderquack. Um, uh, and just everybody who listens in general. You guys are all awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's nice to our, have something, this, somebody to talk this to. This silly podcast yeah. is, is is very silly. Yes. Yeah, you guys support us anyways. Um, I love it. Because we get to talk about things. So while you were talking about Endgame, I yeah. was like, I I, re, I rewatched Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've rewatched Wonder Woman a couple times in the last like few weeks. Oh, yeah, Wonder Woman and Captain America, or Captain Marvel. I yeah. made my mom watch both of those with me. And it just, there's just something, I just love awesome superhero movies and i will there's just like i want to now rewatch batman v superman even though i know how terrible batman v <laughs> superman is but it's like superman and i love superman and every time we talk about captain america i'm like but superman is good too he just like 
hasn't had a good movie in a while. So, but it makes me so sad to like think about all these things that make Captain America so great. And then I'm I'm like, it's just, it's like nostalgia that I'm like, well, I I can watch, I could watch bad, even a bad Superman movie is still entertaining for me. Hey, we watched Smallville for 10 years. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And we watched it because although the show was not great, Tom Welling was Superman. Yeah. And he was great as Superman. He was great as Clark Kent. Um, So good. Let's jump into this email. Uh, this one comes from Brad uh, and Brad says Mike and Amanda thanks so much for doing all the extra shows during this COVID-19 crisis and always having a voice of morality against our current regime here in the States it's nice to be thanked for that Um, Uh (laughs) my question for the show is regarding the upcoming Dune film by Denis Villeneuve this December as of now Uh, that's sort of it's a bit of a (laughs) shaky thing Um, Do you think Dune has a chance to become the next big geek franchise, considering things such as the MCU, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Nolan's Batman, and Lord of the Rings appeared to have peaked within pop culture? And then he says, just one person's opinion, in brackets. Uh, Also, have either of you guys ever read the Dune novel or any other books in the Frank Herbert Herbert series? If not, do you have any interest in checking them out before the film? Uh, IMO with a director like Denis and a cast of Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, Jason Momoa, Oscar Isaac, and Josh Brolin. This looks to be something really special within pop culture for the biggest uh, or the biggest flop since John Carter. And then he in brackets again says, Mike, I agree. John Carter isn't terrible. Okay, Uh, good. That's not really agreeing with us because Amanda and I think that John Carter is fantastic. Not terrible makes it sound like a transformers movie um <laughs> agreed though not it's much better than that uh stay sharp and keep washing those hands brad in charlotte Aww. north carolina p.s thanks for changing my mind on the last jedi as vader told luke you were right uh Ooh. yeah i well no problem and and uh you know i yeah the last jedi is great so that's awesome brad job. um I'm so excited we get to talk about this because I can't yeah. believe that I forgot. I have wanted to get excited about Dune forever because I just, that book just looks so thick and I just <laughs> can't do it, Brad. I just can't. But I know yeah. that I'm going to love it. Like yeah. I know that it's a franchise that I'm going to get really excited about. And the just the stills that I have seen just seem like, I don't know. I think you're onto something there. Like with the lack of major franchises right now in terms of like films or things to look forward to and the cultural cachet that, that, that Dune has, like even, even me as someone that I actually know nothing about Dune. Like I don't know aside from the deserty thing, like I don't know what Dune is. And so I'm so excited to actually like get into it. And I actually don't think I want to read it beforehand. I think I want to go into it. I I want to watch it. I'm going to say don't. Don't. Yeah. And that's my recommendation yeah. to a lot of people because I think um, – I do think that, that – look, Denis Villeneuve is a is an incredible director. Um, his his last few films are, like, unbelievable. Was he a rival? Um, is that is that him? Uh, yeah, he was a rival yeah. and, um, and Blade Runner 2049, right. which by all accounts, neither one of those should be – should be uh, uh, as big of a deal as they are because Arrival is a very uh, slow, yeah. antiseptic uh, uh, sci-fi film. 
But um, I love it. And then Blade Runner is a sequel to a movie that should not have a sequel. And yet <laughs> Blade Runner 2049 is a fantastic movie. Oh, um, nice. I haven't seen it yet. But so. here's my thing. As much as I want Dune to be a big deal, um, and I think it will be. I think that it'll, I think it'll do really well. I think that there will be a lot of people who walk out of it going, why don't I just watch? Like, <laughs> okay. what? Yeah, yeah. Because Dune <laughs> is Star Wars without the fun. Oh. If that makes sense. Because Star Wars is for kids. Right. right. So and this is one of, this is always one of my things with Star Wars fans where they're like, oh, I want to see a Star Wars that's like really like, you know, grown up and mature and adult. And it's like, well, when you say that, it automatically means that you're not grown up, mature or adult enough for the thing that you're asking for, because you don't ask for that. You just go and enjoy the things that already exist. I. Uh, Star Wars is for kids. Star Wars will always be for kids. They are Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon serials. That's the point. And Rogue One tries to get away from that, but it like that's the thing about Rogue One that I think is the biggest failing is that like, where's the fun in Rogue One? Although it happens in Act Three, but um, oh my God, I never thought of that, dude. That's just like brilliant. It it like Dune has none of that. Zero percent. Of the uh. of the garbage masher scene in the original, or Ewoks in Return of the Jedi, or Jar Jar Binks, none of that is in Dune. Dune is very self serious sci fi fantasy, um, and uh, it's awesome. Um, my my primary point of contact with Dune is actually the um, the the TV miniseries. Uh, from like the late nineties, I want to say, and I'm trying to find it. I don't know. I don't know what it was called. Um, what, what it was titled because man, it didn't, Oh, it's from 2000. Uh, yeah, it was Frank Herbert's Dune. That's what I thought it was called, but it didn't, when I put in Dune on IMDb, it didn't show up. Um, I, I watched the whole miniseries uh, uh three episodes but like they're they're long um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh and i loved it i uh, at the time it was it's fantastic um it's definitely dated now because it was a tv miniseries but right. i think most people's uh, i main touch point with it is the david lynch film uh oh that's why it's because there's more title matches i didn't click on that um yeah, the David Lynch film, I think, is the thing that most people uh, think of first. Um, actually, maybe I'm thinking of this. Well, okay, yeah, so there's a sequel. There's Children of Dune as well. Um, which, is that a sequel to Dune? Yeah, it is. Um, you know what I always get ha- confused in my head? And I'm yeah. sorry, this is just because I just realized it right now. Is Dune and Tremors... Because Tremors is very, like, that, like, sort of dusty and, like, open. All right. Anyways, I don't know, in my brain. But, again, I know nothing about Dune, so I have no, like, reference. Tremors could not be... You clearly also don't don't. know anything about Tremors. Because Tremors (laughs) is about a bunch of hicks in a backwater town getting attacked by sandworms. Sandworms. That is the only... just the sand. Sand sand. and sandworms are the only things that connect Dune and Tremors. But to me, those are very significant things. Mm, So I don't know. Within the the context of both, no. Because the the graboids uh, in Tremors 
are basically the whole movie. Like that's without them, you don't have a movie. The sandworms in Dune are uh, an environmental feature. <laughs> they're uh, they're not a part of the storytelling themselves. They are just part of the sci-fi fantasy. But that is so exciting element. that I wasn't completely off base. I knew that there was a reason in my head why I thought about them both. But if you had asked me if there was sandworms sure. in Dune, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. A graboid, so but a graboid really is about the size of like a Volkswagen bug, whereas a, a sandworm in Dune is like the size of a building. Well, yeah, that's because they're anyways. But yeah, so but it's so, just like these these two things are are <laughs> similar only in the fact that they are both called sandworms. That's like that would be like saying oh, I always get Dune confused with Beetlejuice because <laughs> okay. Beetlejuice also has a sandworm in it. And it's like, well, you're right. Yes, there's a sandworm <laughs> in Beetlejuice. It's like, didn't didn't the same guy direct? But nope, Tim Burton and David Lynch are different directors. That's <laughs> nope. You're close, but not quite. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. But no, it's just like it just like it's just it just tells you how little I know about Dune, yeah. but how excited I, I am excited for. That's Dune. fine. That's and and honestly, I think that you're probably in very safe territory not knowing anything about Dune. Yeah. Like just. Just let it be what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like uh, like what I'll say to most people is like strap in, buckle up, yeah. because um, as much as I would love for everybody to get on 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 the level that I feel I'm on with something like Dune and like, yeah, let's go. This is a different world with different rules and like let's learn about a sci-fi fantasy civilization in the far-flung future um where spice rules the galaxy i uh, but the majority of people are going to go see dune and i say this because the original source material is uh I, dry is not the right word, and it would be a bit of a pun if I were to say that because of, mm-hmm. of the fact that it takes place on a desert world primarily. But um, it's very, it's very much in in Denis Villeneuve's wheelhouse. It's like he is the gotcha. right oh, yeah, yeah. guy to direct this, nice because it's going to be very slow. It's going to be very methodical. It's gonna like really like like you're gonna live in that world. For the probably, I'm guessing two and a half to three hours that this movie is going to be, um, but it's like, it's not always going to be enjoyable. But it was uh, the thing is that I'm kind of excited for is that I'm going to go in with sort of the same context that I went into John Carter, sure. because I also knew very little about John Carter. Yeah, and I enjoyed it for what it was. So I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah, I think I my my advice is just to prepare yourself for a movie that's not all it's it's very little of it is going to be fun and it's going to be a lot of people explaining things like spice and what it does and how it makes your eyes blue and you can see you know through timelines or whatever nonsense. Man, you've already given me so much information about Dune. I don't but I don't fully understand Dune cuz the last time that I watched was the miniseries and I was like, well, it was 2000. So I was what? 15. Uh, (laughs) So I didn't understand it at the time and I would have to revisit it now, but I'm not going to, uh, cause I want to just go into this. Um, but, uh, yeah, those stills that were released are fantastic looking and like, look, 
you already had my ticket because uh, my space boyfriend is in this movie playing <laughs> another spaceman. Yeah. Uh, and he looks so good because he's got the shaggy hair and the full beard and he's in some kind of awesome space armor. And I'm just like, yes, please put it on a plate so that I can eat it up because I want it so bad. I, I tweeted like the day that, that those were released and that picture was going around. I tweeted towards the end of the day. I was like, like you can tell that my obsession with, with Oscar Isaac is real because I've been looking at this picture all day and it was like seven or eight o'clock at night. And I was like, I just realized Josh Brolin is also in this photograph. <laughs> like, and Josh Brolin is nothing to sneeze at. Like Josh Brolin yeah, is yeah. Thanos. He's <laughs> no country for old men. Like, like, like Josh Brolin is a powerhouse too. Like that's an actor that that's gonna like bring it for this movie. And that's exciting. But it was like the furthest thing from my mind because every time I look at that picture, I lose myself in his eyes. It's, it's unnatural in the most delightful way. I don't, I can't explain it to anybody because I am a primarily heterosexual man, but there's something about the configuration of that man's face that just gets me every time. Um, all good. I'll give it to you. Cool. Man, even just now, like the, the small bits that you've been talking about and just the image that they chose to release of this, of Timothy Chalamet and, and the, I don't know who the woman is that he's with, but like even just the way that you've talked about the movie and the way that I know Denny uh, Villeneuve's like stuff where I'm like, even that image just speaks something like it just speaks volumes to the type of movie that it's going to be, but in a good way, like in a way that I think I'm going to, it's going to be entertaining. So. Yeah. Um, I, like I, what, what I will say is that everything that I know about Dune, what I see in these screenshots um, and then, like I said, the the with with oh Dave Batista is also in this movie. Uh, <laughs> he got left off of that list. Uh, I, uh, Stellan Skarsgård is in it. Javier Bardem. Like, come on, man! This is the only movie with a better cast than this is Avengers Endgame. I <laughs> uh, and and like some of these people are from that. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, it's going to be a good movie. It's going to be very, very good. And it's going to be one of those movies that there are going to be some people who come out of it going like, that was awesome. I loved every second of it. And they're going to be genuine and sincere, but there are also going to be people coming out of it that in their brain, they're going like, I don't understand what I just watched entirely, but they're going to go because they're with their friends who do get it. They'll be like, yeah, that was the best sci-fi movie of all time. They're going to make a lot of like, like declarative absolutes, uh, mm-hmm. which to me is always the sign of somebody who doesn't, they don't really understand the material. Um, like when I talk about Shakespeare, I uh, <laughs> just to, to call myself out a little bit. I, uh, cause I do, I love Shakespeare, but I am not an expert. I, I, but I like to pretend sometimes I, Oh, can I just, can I say, because I am drinking out of my Shakespeare mug and this is just a great time to say this, that I do love, if, if people have, if people like David Tennant and Catherine Tate, I think I've talked about this before. They play a really good, um, Beatrice and Benedict in much ado about nothing. And I think you can find it online. It's like a, they did a play, but it's available online. Um, where they play Beatrice and Benedict. It's just pretty good. It's like a decent version of them. But I love the, like, nobody marks you as like a great, like insult being like when Benedict is like ranting about something and like nobody's listening to him and she's just like 
nobody's listening to you, dude. Like, it's just like great, like modern language, even though it's like really old. Mm-hmm. So I just, so, okay. have I, I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before. Uh, have I like talked about my Beatrice no, and Benedict mug? Okay. Anyways. No. Um, Sorry, I just had to say that, like, next time somebody is ranting about something that nobody's paying attention to, you should just, like, look at them and say, nobody marks you. And they'll totally know what you're talking about. And then they'll just be really confused because <laughs> unless they're a Shakespeare nerd, they... Because I, I, I don't know much to do about nothing as a... Like, in the in, in the sense that I could quote it. Right. At least. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't okay. know. Like, I wish my horse had the speed of your tongue. Like, it's just, it's just, it's yeah, about witty well, people. Shakespeare like, was the the uh, Dan Harmon of his time. <laughs> I'd rather hear my dog bark at a crow than a man swear he loves me. It's just such a sassy. I don't know if you don't know if you don't know much to do about nothing. It's about two people who swear that love is the worst and they'll never fall in love, and then like within like an act, they're in love. Which and movie? So which teen movie is the is the remake of Much Ado About Nothing? I don't think they've done a teen movie remake of Much Ado About Nothing. Okay. And if they have, oh my gosh! If somebody knows that there's a teen movie remake or a modern version yeah. of Much Ado, but like not actually like a modern version of the actual Much Ado, like I would love to see Much Ado like made in like a modern. But it's it's kind of hard because it's got like pretty it's pretty like military based. But like Dogberry is so funny and i feel like anyways whatever people should people should care about much too but nothing is the moral of there this it looks like brand. there is a 2012 film much ado about nothing but that's but, the isn't isn't that the isn't that the like the actual one that isn't that the joss whedon one that's the joss whedon one yeah right. yeah yeah and that's i mean it's all right but it's it's not it's not like a modern version. It's like much ado, but in I hate it when they do Shakespeare and they just don't change anything except they just make it in modern time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, but it's fine. I mean, I wouldn't say don't watch the the Joss Whedon one is fine if you like Joss Whedon. Go watch the Much Ado if you like the characters, like the the actors yeah. in that. But I really do think it's still a classic. The Keanu Reeves and like uh, Michael Keaton and like Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson like version of Much Ado About Nothing is just. The absolute best. It's I so didn't funny. know that that this version existed, and now I want to watch it because that cast is awesome. Uh, wow, that's a great cast. It's uh, so good, and it actually also has like. Anyways, it's just I, I highly recommend it. It's 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 great. Um, and so funny. It's I mean like what you talk about is very similar to uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, which is Taming of the Shrew, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, if there's a Taming of the, if there's like a a thing like that. That would yeah, be really yeah. cool if somebody did like like much ado, but in that way. But but even like even though I will say like if you watch the Kenneth Branagh Emma Thompson version of much about much ado about nothing, like you will, it's it's modern enough. Like it's 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 very like colloquial. Like it's and it's quite funny. Like Michael Keaton is just an absolute buffoon, and it's just so funny. Um, so. Who directed that one? I actually do not know. I want to say it's a Kenneth Branagh version. Like I feel like it's that classic yeah. of a like, you know, because Kenneth Branagh did all the like. He yeah. does all the, like, or, like whatever those movies yeah. that. Well, his, came out yeah, his, I think he's so. probably best known for his Hamlet, right? Um, yeah. But it's. um Where he just casts himself as Hamlet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, I mean, it is a very good version. It's a very. Uh, who directed? Yeah, he directed it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Writers William Shakespeare and Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the play yeah. and then the That's adaptation. Fair. That's um, fair. Yeah. Cool. I yeah you know man oh yeah I, Denzel Washington's in this too right I kind of just yeah. want to watch a bunch of Kenneth Branagh uh, uh, Shakespeare 
Yeah. You know, like, great. like, let's just, like, let's just, let's just watch a bunch of that and just enjoy some Shakespeare. What all, what all has he done? So he's done Henry V, uh, Much Ado About Nothing, uh, uh, Hamlet, obviously, like I said, uh, I'm not. I'm see. This is where this is where my Shakespeare fanness starts to fall apart because some of these might be, uh, I, but I don't know them because of the the titles. Love loves labor's loss. Is that Shakespeare? Yeah. 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 And then uh, as you like it, is that Shakespeare? Yes, yeah. it is. Actually, as you like it has. I'm pretty sure as you like it has Rosalind, who's one of the greatest Shakespeare female characters. Yeah. She's actually like quite I think I think as you like is the one with, with Rosalind and Orlando. Yeah. Um and yeah. um and, and there and in this yeah. version, uh, she is played by Bryce Dallas Howard. Ooh, so interesting. That's exciting. We yeah. should do this. She's, she's, she's fantastic. We should do this. We should just do a Kenneth like, Branagh Shakespeare festival. Dude. You don't have to ask me twice to watch like <laughs> Shakespeare film. <laughs> I I know that like if I brought it up with Crystal, she'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, maybe that sounds." Great. And then like five <laughs> minutes in, she'd be like, "I don't want to do this." <laughs> she, I don't think she's got the patience for it. Um, we're getting we're getting real niche nerd right now. I, uh, which is generally a good place to wrap it up. To wrap it up, uh, yeah, that's fair. I, I feel you. It's good. But uh, yeah, I awesome. Uh, I don't know. I think we I think we pulled that off. I think that was think actually this was a fun episode. This was fun to do. Hey, and I also do want to ask people if you does anybody watch Siren? Because I have been thinking about um like it shot in Vancouver. And if anybody's interested in like talking about Siren, I was thinking that I could reach out to some people in Vancouver. But I don't know if anybody watches the show because it's on like Freeform or something. And I don't watch it. So that's why I haven't really talked about it. But I do just want to like put that out there if people are like interested in talking about Siren, that it could be interesting like talk about i yeah i don't have you i don't know it's about mermaids i don't know it seems like i could could like it it seems it seems fun oh but student bodies fun fact i did look it up as we were doing it's fox owns uh student bodies okay so and it was yeah it's so like should we all start tweeting at fox to release student bodies it was on abc spark a couple years ago but i i guess maybe i'm gonna go ahead and and write a tweet right now (laughs) i well oh man Depending on what part of Fox it is, maybe Disney owns it now. <gasps> that would be epic. Maybe it's what, on Disney what, Plus and we don't even what know. What division of Fox owns it? Um, that is a good question. I like I feel like it's the kind that did ABC Spark because that's where it was. Well, that's on. ABC is Disney. Oh, well, then maybe Well, no, cuz that you if it was on ABC Spark a while ago, like that predates the It could have been. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I don't know. It, it's like, um, who is it? 20th Century Fox 20th and Sunbow Fox. and Telecine and Sunbow Entertainment. It could be one of those things where it's like owned by multiple people yeah. and therefore um, it's like in Sunbow. Well, uh, uh, Disney buys, is it, did they buy 20th? Yeah, they bought 20th Century Fox. So yeah. Disney owns. It's, it's distributor. Or they're just they're the distributor. I do love that the Wikipedia article literally says that it's been called an imitation of Saved by the Bell by critics. Like that's literally a quote on here. I, but I'm going to tell Disney Plus. You apparently <laughs> apparently <laughs> own the distribution rights <laughs> for the classic <laughs> teen sitcom. 
Student bodies. Probably. I don't know. I can't tell. I can't tell if it actually is airing on anything. Like it just really. Please put it on your streaming service. <laughs> yes. Immediately. <laughs> Watch them tweet you back and be like, "Uh, it is. Here you go." <laughs> yeah, that would be great. And then I'm going to hashtag release the student bodies cut because <laughs> that's how the internet works now. i know i love it <laughs> uh yeah that's a good tweet that's a classic okay that's an all-timer it's 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 uh immortalized in this episode of the thunderquack podcast <laughs> i'm gonna retweet it with the thunderquack account and i hope that everybody who hears this tomorrow morning also well those of you who paid to hear this tomorrow morning I, I retweet it. See, that's what you're missing when you don't get the episode early. The ability to tweet relevant things yeah. immediately. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Let's get it going. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, that's it for this week's episode. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us for a very circuitous, tangent-filled uh, Thunderquack podcast. But that's how we like them. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Uh, that's what the core audience demands of us. I, I, you can go to Thunderquack Ooh. Podcast to check out all the other great podcasts in the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Yes, Amanda, what would you like to add? But just like the one outro? thing that I know is that Stephen Amell is letting people text him, and I think that that's yeah. kind of cool. You know that, what? Like one of, one of the most freeing things about being done with Arrow is that <laughs> I don't care what Stephen Amell is doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a great guy, but I yes, had to. Well, yeah. mm, eh, <laughs> okay. he's a fine person. He was yes, very okay. nice to us that one time. There you go. Uh, That's, I, I, I and then and then seconded. very quickly cast us aside as soon as we weren't useful to him anymore. So uh, I I can say that now because we're not on an Arrow podcast, and I don't have to worry about getting him back on a podcast. I uh, so I can be a little bit truthful. And is that that is purely subjectively my experience with him. Um, and I, he is a nice person. Like, I don't think that he's like a, a secret asshole, but I, uh, but I don't care what he's doing. I mean, that's yes, that's fair. I want to watch code eight. Like, like I care that much. I like him as an actor, but, uh, but yeah, but you don't have to text him to ask him where he is or to buy you ice cream. So yeah. I, that's yeah. me. I, it, it, I really wish he was still in Vancouver and that this was happening and that he was like, text me and, I'll, and so that I could do that and then like have ice cream with him and be like, how you never return my emails, man? Oh. <laughs> Just confront him. Uh, how come you won't come back on our podcast? Was you, you too big you know, for us won't now? You feel bad if you get a Ninja Turtles like, movie and, and right and after suddenly... he gave you that email, it just started getting spammed and then he had to stop using it because it wasn't the best email address. Like it was clearly an email address that he used for like. Sure to give to everybody. So like, I wouldn't doubt that, that, I mean, there's an email address that I'm sure emails people sometimes. That's like my first ever email address, spicy peaches at hotmail.com that oh. I'm sure. <laughs> that's a deep cut. Oh my gosh. Really hey Amanda, are you on MSN? Yeah. My email is spicy peaches at hotmail.com. I like, I had for completely forgotten that. Um, <laughs> yeah terrible oh my god i was so okay i've been reflecting i'm sorry we're done with the podcast but i just have to say that being at my house like my home my childhood home is making me remember like what a terrible person i was up until the age of like about 25 like i don't think i would be i don't think i would like myself if i saw myself now like sorry so you're saying that at 25 you became a good person 
Come on, I did. Mike, uh, I would no, I'm saying that as of 25, I would become I would be my friend. Like I, I, like 25 year old. I think you're something. a bit of a work in progress, but yes, you have okay. you have made it's, strides. I have made many strides. <laughs> in the last they, 10 years. In the last 10 years. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, awesome. sorry. Now you can continue your outro. <laughs> I can only say that because Amanda is one of my best friends. I hope I've you guys understand. I've known you for so long. I've known you for so long. But also, you're one of my only friends that, like, thinks I'm not a good person. Like, that thinks I'm, like, a hot mess. Like, I, most of my friends, like, think that I'm pretty together. I and, think that you are an amazing person, and I wouldn't do a podcast with you if I didn't think that. I also think that there are some core human functions that you can't perform. <laughs> and and some of those things are troubling to me as your friend, and I'm concerned. I And, and, and it's out of love that I tell you <laughs> that it's really important that you know how to cook food. And, and, and after uh, seven years of hammering that into your head, you started to take it seriously just in time for a quarantine so i'm glad that i got that sort of, got that it was in correlated there. with the quarantine i can do things when i must <laughs> i don't know if i had to my parents my actually my parents are starting to realize this about me too when i can't name basic plants because my dad likes to garden mm-hmm. and so they keep like ranting about these like beautiful flowers and i'm like i don't know what that is and they're like how do you not know what this flower is i think gardening is something that our generation just does not care about <laughs> yeah it's maybe like i don't yeah. i don't I think I've got like maybe two friends ever in my life, uh, contemporaries who are like, yeah, ferns are awesome. And I'm like, (laughs) what? Um, Yeah. Okay, good. It's not just me then. Yeah, you're fine. If you like what you just heard, (laughs) as I always say, how could you not? Um, You can support us in three ways. Uh, First, by going to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Uh, it helps other people find the podcast and we greatly appreciate it. I, I went to Twitter to, to tweet that tweet. That was such a great tweet, uh, that I'm just going to pat myself on the back for again. Um, and there's a tweet, a retweet in one of my feeds on tweet deck of girl guide cookies. Uh, sorry, girl scout cookies. I have to be correct because we're talking about girl scouts, uh, which are the American ones and they look unbelievable and it's super frustrating because um it's hard enough in canada to get girl scout cookies i i because we have girl guides here not girl scouts and we we don't get the same cookies we get a version of the thin mint and we get uh and then we get the basic chocolate and vanilla girl scout cookies uh but i'm looking at this and i'm seeing all these different cookies and those thin mints those legit girl scout thin mints and they're like, I I want to break quarantine and and sneak across <laughs> the border to get some of these cookies. Uh, wow. Um, if someone wants to contact me, I can send Mike some Thin Mints for you. <laughs> we need to figure that out. With, That's why I'm bringing this up. It's but it is distracting me. It's distracting me from finishing this episode. I just hate Thin Mints. Anyways, carry on. This is why I think you're a hot mess. Because you say <laughs> stuff like that. Because you're like, ah, oh, I've never seen Back to the Future. And then I describe the movie and you're like, I'm mm, pretty sure I've actually seen that. And then you're Wait, like, I don't like Thin Mints. And being that's, a those hot are the mess only reasons. Not liking Thin Mints and, and not having watched Back to the Future. I mean, I fair. mean, these are indicators of, uh, of, a, of a 
of a deeper An overall issue. overall These are symptoms problem. not the disease amanda <laughs> okay. okay please let me know what the disease is for those particular kinds of when symptoms. i figure it out <laughs> once i've diagnosed you don't worry i'll be sure to announce it on the podcast okay good. you can tell that it's after 11 o'clock <laughs> i the other ways to support us are by going to store.thunderquack.com uh where you can uh pick up some merchandise uh, I'm trying to think, is there a way that we can make a t-shirt out of tonight's episode? Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, the last but not least, by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack, as we mentioned earlier, and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support. Uh, thank you to everybody who does support us over on Patreon. You're the best, especially our Patreon producers, Brian Murowski and Jason Samuel. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, we're going to take next week off. Yeah. Next week, next week is our is our is our 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 third week or our fourth week. So uh, there you go. You got three weeks of episodes. Oh, we're gonna take next week off, uh, and then we'll come back. Maybe we will come back with some Avengers Endgame. Maybe what we can do if we break it into three parts, we'll think about this. But you guys, oh, and let that us could know. be like our next month thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next month, it, like so, yeah. we'll do three episodes, but we'll do like the first half of the episode as we normally would, and then we'll break for ads, and then we'll watch a third of Avengers. I like that idea where it's like a like a watch along, but over the course of three yeah. episodes. And then I'll take those three things and I'll cut them together so that it can be one. one and thing. we'll put that out in the fourth week. I love it. This sounds like a plan. I don't like yeah. it when a plan comes together, which is oh. a horrible misquote. Um, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> we'll catch you guys in a couple of weeks. Stay safe, everyone. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. <laughs>